Our Father in heaven, we thank you very much for today. We thank you for giving us life. We have come again to learn at your feet, to seek truth. And we are grateful for you have showed us that you are willing and even desirous to tell us and show to us what is truth and set us on that path. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for the blessing that we are already receiving and that we have received. Abide with us is our prayer we ask in Jesus' name. Welcome to the Gospel Space and I'm your host, Uluwa Femi. I bless the name of the Lord for correction. Correction is good and I embrace it and I hope you do too. I hope you embrace correction. In our last episode, I received a correction to a mistake that in Genesis chapter 22 verse 14, Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide, not Jehovah Nisi that I said, but Jehovah Jireh. I thank God that I have you a listener who is ready to point out errors from the Bible. God is good. God is good. And I plead for mercy. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. So in today's episode, we will be launching into Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. And it's all about gifts. Gifts. Gifts bestowed upon people as talents. Gifts that men were required to give to God. For all that he has been doing for them. All that he has been doing for them. And today's study is going to be very interesting. And we are going to have a different approach from the way we've been um, studying these chapters from the book of Genesis. Now we are going to be heading straight to the key points. But I, I plead that you go through the entire passage. Through the entire passage. But by God's grace, I wouldn't leave out any important um, point in the podcast. And let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes as we do this at least four or five times. Let's see how it goes. And by God's grace, we would not miss out on, miss out on any light. The Lord is shining on our path. So today, we will be studying Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. And it reads thus, this is from verse 1, and God says, Then Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together, and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. This is the Lord commanding them. This is, this is not a command from Moses. He made it clear. These are the words which the Lord commands you to do. That includes yourself and myself. It says, Which shall be done, walk, sorry, walk shall be done for six days, but in the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. This is a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. And this is um, a weekly Sabbath because it says for six days. Now, I'm, I'm, 
God made this so clear because in as much as there was the weekly Sabbath, there was the ceremonial Sabbath. And Sabbath is rest. Sabbath is rest. So it, it narrows it down. I'm talking about the weekly here, not the festivals, not the Passovers, not those Sabbaths, but the weekly Sabbaths. Six days, as he, the Creator, walks for six days, you shall walk. But on the seventh, it is a holy day. One thing you must take note of is, it didn't, it didn't say on a seventh day. If it's on a seventh day, then it means the seventh day could vary. Monday could be the seventh day from however one has been counting. Tuesday could be the seventh. But it says D, meaning there's just one seventh day. After that seventh day, then the counting starts afresh. The seventh day. <laughs> oh, how, how, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Give me wisdom. Meaning our counting should end on the seventh day. After the seventh day, then we start over again. Day one, day two, day three, up until day seven. Meaning God has given us a cycle. Seven days cycle. Which the whole world keeps and believes today. It's interesting that people are finding it difficult to believe the account of the Bible as to creation. But yet, we are living according to principles that are found only in the Bible. In nowhere do we find that man must have a seven-day weekly cycle. Nowhere else. Why don't we see the things of eight days? Why don't we see things of nine days, thirteen days? No. We only see seven. But now we see efforts. Efforts by man to change that which God has made, which God has established right from the beginning of the world. Now we see governments giving four days work week, three days work week, five days work week, in order to tamper with the original that the Creator has set for man. Six days of work and one day, the seventh, not a seventh, but the seventh, shall be the Sabbath for the Lord. Sorry, to the Lord. It's special. That rest is a rest to the Lord. It's an acknowledgement that you are my God, you are creator of all things, and in that which you have done as an example, I will follow. Then he goes on, he says, Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Whoever shall be put to death. Now, under what kind of government were the Israelites operating under? They were operating under a theoretical government. A theoretical um, uh, theocracy, rather. Under a theocracy. A theocracy, meaning they were under God. God was the leader. God was everything to them. Unlike the Egyptians and other nations who were around them, that they had kings and princes over them who gave them commands and who, who, who gave instructions on everything. Here, God was the commander. He was the governor. He was the minister. He was everything to them. They were under theocracy. And... 
on that theocracy it was obedience it was obedience and he goes on you shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the sabbath day now in past in 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 previous passages that we have studied we have read god give commandments or instructions on how to keep his day don't forget we are keeping the sabbath to the lord not to ourselves but to the lord and if we are keeping the sabbath to the lord then we must abide by the instructions that he has set for the keeping of the sabbath to himself and we read in exodus chapter 16 verse 23 where they were commanded bake all that you will bake today that was on the friday as we have our numbers as we have the um, names to days in our time that was friday it says bake what you would bake today which is a preparation day boil what you will boil today for tomorrow is the sabbath so now god is now retreating to them you shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the sabbath we studied a principle while we were going through the middle passages of the book of genesis where god gave joseph the interpretation of pharaoh's dream and he says if as it has happened twice it means that it's sure and it will come to pass now understanding that principle we have heard this commandment of the sabbath even right from genesis chapter 2 it is sure it is steadfast it is true and it is unchangeable it is unchangeable so we'll go down to verse 5 now we are entering into the offering for the tabernacle remember how we we have seen the pattern of study we have seen from previous times and we are even to see now that sometimes god gives us a summary of um events at first instance say for example this is an example in the book of genesis chapter one it gives us a summary the entire picture then in verse chapter 2, it then starts to break down, break things down of how one thing led to another thing and led to another thing and led to another thing. Now, in previous um, chapters, we have studied how God gave instructions on the dimensions, how um, the tabernacle was to be built, even those who will be used, even the skilled men who God called by name. It gave us everything already and we can see that that's a, a summary but now we are now going into deeper details into the nitty-gritties that would come together to bring about that summary now moving to key verses key verses in this chapter we'll go to verse 5 verse 5 now this is about the offering for the tabernacle by the way do you still remember the song we learned or the song that uh, I, I shared with you 
from the Bible and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Pardon my voice. <laughs> so this is the sanctuary and God is now using Moses to instruct them again. Now, from verse 5 to verse 6, it says, Take from among you an offering to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart. From here we start to see the difference between theocracy and democracy. In democracy, we see things like you must pay your tax. It's not a thing of whether you're willing or not. This is just an opportunity for us to identify the benefits of theocracy compared to democracy. So God, God calls for an offering. And he says, whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring an offering to the Lord. Of a willing heart, let him bring an offering to the Lord. Now, in as much as this offering is willing, the question is, who provided for them? It's God. On leaving the land of Egypt, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel, as you are leaving, the Egyptians will give you goods, gold, silver, ram skin, a lot of gifts as you leave. So yes, as they left, they were blessed. They were blessed with a lot of spoils, as the Bible uses the word. They were blessed. So now, God is now requiring them to make contributions to build a dwelling place that he may dwell among them. I, 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 everything he's doing is to their own benefit. And he's just asking, I want you to do something. You have a play, part to play. Exercise your willingness to do things that would benefit you. His presence, that is, that is, I, I don't have to worry, but that is blessing, just the presence of God. And now, in, um, in, 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 in the, in the gifts, God commanded Moses that the children of Israel should give. They were specific. I remember podcast that we have recorded um, a chapter in the Bible that we have seen is be specific be specific and God was specific in these offerings no I, I don't just want you to give me things that you feel uh, are good I want specific things and that applies that applies to our obedience and our worship this is how I want you to worship me this is how I want you to keep my Sabbath. Remember, it's a Sabbath to the Lord. It's a gift to the Lord. Over and over again, I see that God does not give room for his children to assume. He doesn't. His instructions are specific. What he desires to be an offering are specific always specific and straight to the point 
no 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 room for guessing or uh, maybe or anything specific now what did he ask for we must take note of these items he asked that they offer gold silver and bronze blue purple and scarlet trade fine linen and goat's hair these are things he told moses to ask the children that whoever is of a willing heart come and offer these gifts unto me of a willing heart that should be highlighted of a willing heart now we'll move on to verse 10 because there is also another key point please read through the chapter there is also another key point in verse 10 in verse 10 and from this point in the in in the chapter it talks about the articles of the tabernacle the articles that they were to um, to make for and within the tabernacle and that were to be used within the tabernacle now there is a principle to draw out here it says verse 10 says all who are gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. Now, on, on reading this, I'm like, wow. What, now, what caused my amazement? The thing that caused my amazement really is there is no room or I, I cannot say, you cannot say, that I cannot do anything. We can't. Because now, God is not only requiring gifts, He's requiring skills. Meaning, I must be skilled. Meaning that the hands God has given me must be put to use. Now, not only must the hands that He has given me to put to use, to like to work and to live and all of that, I must be doing a job that whenever He calls, the skill that I've acquired might be used. Now, we are looking at not only skill acquisition, but right skill. A skill that is just. A skill that is true. That is what he's asking for. So, at this point of constructing this temple, anyone that didn't have any skill would have nothing to put on the table. That's number one. Number two, anyone that had any skill <clears throat> but was not a just skill, it couldn't offer anything. And this draws the question. Do you have a skill? Do I have a skill? When God sees and has a requirement, Will my skill be seen as a just one? That's the question. Now, putting this or giving this a practical or, or looking at this in a practical way is, for instance, take for instance, this is just a random instance that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. Let's say you studied accounting. Yeah, you studied accounting or economics or something. I, I'm, 
I can easily think about this because I, I studied in that line. Accounting, economics, or finance. Can God use you? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. When Jesus walked on his, on this earth with his disciples, he had an accountant. He had an accountant, and that accountant was Judas. So yes, the skill that he acquired was put to use in God's cause. All who are gifted artisans among you, you shall come and make all the Lord all that the Lord has commanded. God has given us a brain, and that brain must be exercised. We must improve in knowledge. We must improve in skill. It's it's not a joke to be a Christian. It's, it's not a joke to be a follower of Christ. To be a follower of Christ is to walk even unto perfection. Perfection in character. Perfection in body, soul and spirit. That is what it means to be a Christian. That is what it means to be a Christian. Let's move to verse 21 to 22. Verse 21 to 22. It says, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting for all his service and for all and and for the holy garments they came both men and women as many as had a willing heart and brought earrings and nose rings rings and necklaces all the jewelry of gold that is every man who made an offering now at this point, we must remember that principle. The principle of God gives a summary, then by and by it goes into um, details as to how that summary came about. In our last study, we read that after the children of Israel repented for the golden calf that they made, they all left their idols, their earrings at Mount Horeb. They all left it. But here we are reading that, oh, what they brought were these earrings, necklaces, and jewelries of gold. Now, in that passage where we read that they left all, this was how they left all. They left it as an offering. They didn't, they didn't just drop them on the floor. They didn't. Don't forget. It was the same precious jewelries that was used to create that calf. No, so when we read, or as we've read, that they left all of these um, gods, as the Bible puts it, all these gods, they surrendered them for the service of God. 
And what is the lesson? When God is pointing out things that we should get rid of by his power, it's not, it's not just saying we should get rid of it and move on without him. He's saying we should get rid of it. And that energy and that desire that we had for those gods should be put in his own cause. In his own cause. The desire, the energy, the time. It must be returned to the Father. We'll go to verse 30. Verse 30 reminds of the man, the skilled man, God told Moses should be in charge of every engravings. It's still amazing. God knows you by name. He knows your father. He knows your grandfather. He knows your entire generation. There is no information that can be hid from him. He knows everything. Let's read verse, um, verse 30. And he says, now this is concerning the artisans called by God, called by God. He called their names, he called their tribes, every information. And he says, and Moses said to the children of Israel, see, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of, of Judah. Isn't this amazing? He knows you. He knows me. If he, if he knows you by name, and he knows me by name, then he's aware of everything that plagues me, whether good or bad. He's aware of everything that plagues you, whether good or bad. He's aware of everything. And that is the confidence we should have in God. That is the joy that should fill our hearts, that in everything truly give thanks. Now, in the past, we have, God has given us a little information on the man Bezalel. He has given us he's a skilled man. And God wouldn't just call a skilled man because of his skill. He would call him because he knows him. He's a just. He won't, he won't call a cheat to, to walk on his, on his tabernacle. He was a just and righteous man. He was a man like Joseph that had the Spirit of God. In fact, we read it. That he had the Spirit of God within him. Now, let us see another interesting thing that goes in, uh, that works hand in hand. Anyone you see with the Spirit of God, you should see this. And it's written in verse 34. In verse 34 it says and he that is god has put in his heart the ability to teach god has put in the heart of bezalel the ability to teach so not only does bezalel um, have this great skill for God to appoint him, but he also knows how to teach. I mean, it's only one who has a very, very solid um, 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 understanding of a tree that can teach. And it's only one who teaches. 
that knows that 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 is not selfish <laughs> i've had a few experiences and i've had testimonies of a few experiences where men that have these handy works uh, let's say an instance mechanics and and i or someone else will be observing closely and like can i do this say no no this is my work i'm skilled in this but no Bezalel was not only skilled as to the work of engraving, but he was a knowledgeable teacher. He was a good teacher. Are you hoarding knowledge? Are you reluctant to teach because you think, um, well, if I teach, then I wouldn't have any job? Are the world's standards hindering you from displaying that spirit of godliness? I'm saying this in the context of, okay, I, I will soon get to my retirement age and if I teach these ones, they will just employ him or her because he or she is younger than I am. Our lives circumstances, circumstances hindering you from doing that which is right? From doing that which is just and from doing that which is true I must tell you a Christian is not easy for the requirement of perfection and this is the truth that we asked for and God is given he is given God wants a transformation in every aspect of our lives. Not only the spiritual. These days there is this dwelling on the spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. But not only the spiritual. We are seeing that in all aspects. We must continually plead and press on to perfection. Always. I thank God for truth. I thank God very much for truth. I thank God for the instructions that he has placed in his word. And I thank God for drawing us to seek for righteousness. Oh, thank God he is not man that he would hide these gems, these precious words from anyone. I thank God he is not man. Thank God very much. God is good. God is very good. Until next time, may God keep us and may God bless us. And may these messages, this truth that God is continually dishing out, may they take firm foundation in our heart and cause us to seek after Him. With all our body, with all our strength, with all our might. Do have a wonderful day, my friend. God bless you.